I'm Justin Lesko, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. We're doing something a little different today, something I've been working on for a while, focusing on one specific bit of MMA history today that I've sort of been fascinated by ever since it happened. So come with me, if you will, back in time. Way back in October of 2018, MMA history was made when the UFC and one championship made what is widely considered the first and as of the time of this recording, the only trade of fighters between organizations. The UFC sent the potential pound for pound greatest fighter of all time, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, and in return, one sent their recently retired welterweight champion, Ben Askren, to the UFC. So why did this trade happen? Who won the trade? And why haven't we seen more major trades since? What has the impact of this trade been on the organizations involved? Let's look at MMA's big trade and see if we can answer some or all of those questions. But first, a question I can answer very easily is how can you look and perform at your best when you're on the mats? The simple answer is a visit to EpicRollBJJ.com and to use the coupon code PODCAST15 to upgrade everything you need in your jiu-jitsu and MMA life. Need shorts? They've got them. Rash guards? Got them. Geese? bags, t-shirts, hats, joggers, hoodies, artwork, they've got it all. You can look your best both on and off the mats with Epic Roll. High quality gear at an affordable price and you can get it for even cheaper by using our code PODCAST15. EpicRollBJJ.com, code PODCAST15 and give them a follow on Instagram as well, at EpicRollBJJ. Let's start our deep dive in 2018. Welcome to That Jiu Jitsu Podcast. First things first, while everyone in MMA views this as a trade, the title of this episode uses the word trade, if we're being 100% technically accurate, this was not a true trade like you see in other major sports. One and the UFC mutually agreed that they would release Mighty Mouse and Ben Askren and also agreed that each organization would sign the other's fighter. Knowing what we know now about Ben Askren's love of trolling, I'm almost surprised he didn't then refuse to sign with the UFC just to screw up those plans. Ben has never been Dana White's biggest fan, so trying to screw him over seems like something he would do, but we'll get, we'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. A good place to start, I think, is to look at each of the fighters individually and where they were in their careers at the time of the trade. And we'll start with one of my favorites of all time, the FOAT, I guess. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. Let's start with Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse fought and lost to Henry Cejudo in August of 2018. This was a rematch of their first fight from back in 2016, where Mighty Mouse TKO'd Cejudo in the first round. In the rematch, I actually thought that Mighty Mouse won. Two judges scored it 48-47 for Cejudo, and one judge scored it 48-47 for Mighty Mouse, and that's actually how I had it scored, 48-47 for Mighty Mouse. It was super, super, super close, and according to MMADecisions.com, 13 media members agreed with the judges, and 12 media members agreed with me. 
This isn't super scientific, but it just shows how everyone viewed the fight and how close it was. Prior to this loss, Mighty Mouse was the flyweight champion from 2012 to 2018, and he holds some impressive records with the UFC. He's tied for most successful title defenses with 11. He has the most consecutive wins in the flyweight division. He's the second fighter to have performance bonuses in all four categories, fight, knockout, performance, and submission of the night. My man was accomplished, but he always struggled in terms of pulling in the viewers. An article from Sporting News from 2018, which remember this was still when Mighty Mouse was with the UFC, the article points out that the sum of the pay-per-view buys for Mighty Mouse's last four pay-per-views combined doesn't equal the lowest of Conor McGregor's purchase pay-per-views. This article also alleges that Mighty Mouse was one of the lowest paid UFC champions. And I didn't go through the UFC's accounting to confirm this, but I can believe it. Obviously, the UFC blames Mighty Mouse for not having quote-unquote star power, but we have argued on this show in the past, and I will again now, that it's the UFC's job to promote their champion, and they failed Mighty Mouse in this regard. But either way, the man at the top of the pound-for-pound -pound rankings was not bringing the UFC a ton of money. So that's where we are with Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Just suffered his first defeat in seven years, regarded as one of the best in the game, but not pulling in the viewers the UFC would like, meaning he's not making the money for the UFC, that they would like. So let's jump over and let's look at the man on the other end of the trade, Ben Askren. Ben Askren was a member of the US Olympic freestyle wrestling team, a two-time NCAA Division I national champion, a Bellator champion, and a one championship champion. Ben won his fights via dominant wrestling, and the big criticism that Ben faced from fans was that his style wasn't exactly the most exciting to watch. If you look at his record, he has 12 wins by either knockout or submission, and only 7 wins via decision, but it was his method of setting up those finishes that was not wholly enjoyed. Ben was a grinding wrestler, he'd get on top and slowly open things up via dominant pressure. A lot of people weren't super into that style, including Dana White. Dana tweeted in 2012 that when, quote, Ambien can't sleep, it takes Ben Askren, the most boring fighter in MMA history. And that's not exactly high praise from Ben's boss-to-be. Ben and Dana had a long feud. The long story short is that after Ben's time with Bellator, he wanted to move to the UFC and negotiations didn't go well and that's how he ended up with one. At the time, Dana said Ben needed to beat more high-level guys, which I kinda get. When you look at Ben's resume, his wins are mostly against people he was supposed to beat. He fought Shinya Aoki at 185 pounds and that is not Aoki's weight class. After Ben captured the one championship, Dana said, quote, if he keeps winning, he can get a shot over here, end quote, to which Ben replied, quote, I have a hard time with how Dana White treats people, end quote, and compared Dana to a group of high school bullies who now wanted to invite the kid they harassed to be part of the group after that kid did something cool. Ben had the aforementioned fight with Aoki in November of 2017, and in the lead up to that fight, he said that it would be his last match. 
he beat Aoki and he subsequently retired, although he sort of left the door open for a possible return. So at the time of this trade, that's where Ben is. Everyone knows he's a dominant, fantastic wrestler who should probably be in the UFC, even if Dana doesn't think so, and some fans don't like his style. But technically, he's retired, and at the time of this trade, he's been retired for almost a full year. Remember, his last fight was November 2017. This trade doesn't happen until the fall of 2018. So how did this all come together? Well, we're going to get that answer, but I just want to take a quick break from the show to tell you about a podcast I think you might like. If you enjoy hearing from people with too much knowledge, misguided pop culture commentary, and a strange obsession with facial hair, the Bearded Men podcast is for you. Join these underachievers from Southern Vermont as they continue their journey this spring to discover the most overrated movie of all time. Listen to the Bearded Men podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever great shows are given away for free. New episodes air every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can find more info on the Bearded Men podcast at beardedmenradio.com and on Facebook at facebook.com slash beardedmenradio. And now back to the show. Obviously, from the UFC's perspective, Mighty Mouse losing the title to Cejudo was what you wanted. I mean, I'm assuming they've never actually said this, but that's what they wanted. The champion isn't bringing in the numbers and let's shake things up. But sort of surprisingly, Mighty Mouse was the one who started this whole process of the trade. He brought the idea of getting released by the UFC to his manager, Malki Kawa, shortly after he lost to Cejudo. He wanted to join one, and his coach, Matt Hume, is an executive over there. Here's a quote from Mighty Mouse. He said, At the end of the day, I felt that I'm pretty young in my career, and I wanted to try something different. I've always wanted to travel the world and compete, and actually grew up watching Asian mixed martial arts with pride mostly. To be able to have the opportunity to travel over to Asia to compete was something I couldn't pass up. I doubt Mighty Mouse was thinking about the possibility of a trade, he was just thinking about how he could get himself to one championship. But it was his manager, Malki Kawa, who came up with the idea of one sending over Ben Askren. There was obviously some negotiation back and forth, but the UFC and one eventually agreed and Ben Askren was actually all for it and he told MMA Junkie Radio that he told one, yeah, okay, let's go, let's do it. For the UFC, you brought in an undefeated welterweight with a large social media following and a lot of eyes on him. He's been the guy for years everyone considered one of the best fighters not in the UFC, and he's going to fight in an already stacked welterweight division. You're dropping your champion who can't bring in the numbers for a guy who probably will in Ben Askren. Also, the UFC had flirted with the idea of getting rid of the flyweight division, and now with Mighty Mouse gone, that's a bigger possibility. Although, fast forward to today, we know the flyweight division still exists, but at the time, it was widely believed they were probably going to cut it. The new champion Cejudo had trouble making weight at 125 in the past, so a permanent move to 135 wasn't crazy. And with Mighty Mouse out of the organization, there wouldn't be a big clamoring for a third fight between him and Cejudo since that was no longer possible. Basically, the UFC got options. One got perhaps the best fighter on the planet and they gave up a retired fighter who happened to still be under contract with them. At the time of the trade, I think we all thought one clearly won in the deal. 
But now we're two and a half years on. Mighty Mouse just got knocked out in one, and Ben Askren is boxing Jake Paul this weekend for some reason. In hindsight, who really won the trade and what has the impact been? Ben Askren's first fight in the UFC was against Robbie Lawler in March of 2019, and it was wild. Ben was trying for a takedown, and Robbie slammed him on his head and beat him so bad with ground and pound, I don't know how Herb Dean didn't stop it. Ben survives, and in a grappling exchange, has a bulldog choke. Herb stops it, Robbie is pissed, and wasn't actually out like Herb thought he was. It was a very controversial debut for Ben Askren, which seemed appropriate. In his post-fight interview, Ben taunted Dana by saying, quote, how long until Dana bitches about that stoppage, end quote, and quote, hey Dana, is that really the best you got, end quote. It's at this point in the story that along comes Mr. Masvidal. Ben and Masvidal did not and do not like each other, and this was a very heated buildup to this fight. Masvidal put a stop to Ben's long unbeaten streak and really derailed the Ben Askren hype train with one of the most famous knockouts of all time, the flying knee that we've all seen over and over and over. It was incredible. The knee really launched Masvidal. For a while, he struggled to get fights and he had a 16-month layoff before he came back and he knocked out Darren Till in the fight before this fight with Askren and then when he knocked out Ben with that flying knee, his stardom just sort of took off. Coming off this win, Masvidal had a lot of hype behind him and he fought and beat Nate Diaz for the BMF title and he stepped in to fight Usman for the real welterweight title on like a week's notice. Even though he lost to Usman, the company rewarded him with a new multi-fight contract. Reportedly, Masvidal's first fight with Usman did a million pay-per-view buys and the two are scheduled to fight again on April 24th. If you don't make this trade for Askren, then Masvidal doesn't KO him into oblivion, further launch himself to stardom, and pull in big numbers for the UFC. The UFC was looking for more pay-per-view buys than they were getting with Mighty Mouse, and they got that, thanks to Ben Askren, in a really roundabout way. After the loss to Masvidal, Ben fought and got choked out by Damian Maya, and then he retired again. After some back and forth on social media, Ben, like I said, is now slated to fight YouTuber Jake Paul this weekend in a boxing match. I'm sure it's a nice cash grab for him. The UFC got what they needed out of him, and so they were good with it, and they seem to be the winners in this trade, in my opinion. For one, they did get one of the best to ever do it. They announced after the trade that Mighty Mouse would be taking part in a flyweight Grand Prix, and after two straight wins to start off his career with one, Mighty Mouse was the Grand Prix champion. His first true title shot in one was broadcast live on TNT in the US, and as we already talked about, he got knocked out via a knee. We don't know what's next for him since this like literally happened a few days ago, but I really doubt it's the end of his career and I'm sure he'll be back fighting again. One Championship, for their part, says they averaged 29 million global viewers per event in 2019, a year that saw Mighty Mouse fight and win three times for them. One focuses more on getting eyes on their product and puts out all of their content for free. Chatri Sityadong, and I did my best on that pronunciation, and I'm very sorry if it was very, very, very bad. 
He has said, quote, it's a strategy, a choice. Our strategy is much like Facebook in the early days or even WhatsApp or YouTube where they gave away everything to consumers for free and consumers just wrote it and you eventually monetize. So how does Mighty Mouse fit into that? I am sure he is pulling in viewers, but cynically, I also think that whether it was the UFC's fault or Mighty Mouse's fault, people weren't tuning into the UFC to watch Mighty Mouse when he was there. And they're probably not going to seek out the one app to download that to be able to see him fight. Yes, his most recent fight was on free TV in the US, but that was the very first time for that. So I guess I don't know if there was a real winner or loser in this trade. I kind of feel like it was the UFC. Maybe they wanted a little bit more. Maybe if I lived in Asia, I'd have the opposite opinion. In the beginning of this episode, I asked why we don't see more trades like this, and I think there's a few reasons for that. Number one, I don't think one has any other fighters that the UFC is really interested in. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying one doesn't have great fighters. They do. They are one of the best organizations in the world. But right now, there isn't a guy in one championship like a Ben Askren, where we're all saying, man, what if that guy fought in the UFC? And reason number two the UFC isn't going to make a trade with Bellator because the UFC has always maintained this attitude that Bellator is the B-League to their A-League. If you make a trade with Bellator, that would be a certain level of admission that Bellator is on the same level that you are, something the UFC definitely does not want to do. If you remember back in 2014, Lyman Good, who was a former Bellator champion, he fought to get in the house on the Ultimate Fighter and he lost. And of course, the UFC highlighted as much as possible on that episode how Lyman Good was a former champion in Bellator and how a guy no one had ever heard of beat him. Oh, the Bellator champ can't even make it onto the show. They're not going to admit that Bellator has the talent that they want. They are more than happy to have Bellator be the B League and the Senior League where all the former UFC stars go to get put out to pasture. One championship has said they are open to other trades, but I, I'm not sure they would get a dance partner. Maybe Bellator and One can make a trade, but I, I just don't see it drawing the same attention, so why would they do it? But to be fair, I didn't see this trade between Mighty Mouse and Ben Askren coming at all, so who knows? It's been two plus years and we haven't seen any other trades, so I'm not sure how common of an occurrence this will be, but I can say I am glad in a way this happened. Mighty Mouse seems happy, obviously not counting his loss a few days ago. Askren seems happy that he's retired now and fighting a YouTuber for a boatload of cash. The UFC seems happy that they used Askren to further launch Masvidal and they showed once again that their talent will beat the talent from other organizations. And one seems happy they have one of the best to ever do it on their roster. Win, 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 I, I guess. Thank you for coming with me down memory lane. Like I said, I've always been sort of fascinated by the fact that this was the first and to this point only trade of fighters. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe to the show on whatever app you use to listen to the podcast. Make sure you check out Epic Roll and use the coupon code podcast15 to take 15% off your order at epicrollbjj.com. EpicRollBJJ.com, coupon code PODCAST15. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all next time.